Hello, welcome to Holy Club's podcast. I'll be your guest, Ben Atkinson. This is a place where ordinary people are called to do extraordinary things. And I hope you're having an amazing day. And I want this podcast to be something that is just really inspiring, uplifting, informative, and it just brings understanding of who God is and how much He loves you. So wherever you are, whether you're working out, whether you are working on your house, working on your lawn, taking care of your kids, shopping, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope that this is a blessing to you. Today, we're going to talk about original sin. This might seem like a very big topic, but we want to take this and look at it very systematically, and hopefully this is going to be something that inspires you and brings you closer to God's love for you. Let's get ready to start. Okay, let's get started. Today we're going to talk about original sin, and we're going to talk about the first sin happened when Satan, and that's what I've titled this. The reason I'm doing this is because a lot of times when we hear the phrase original sin, we believe, and I believe wrongly, that the first sin happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. And I believe that that's not true. The reason being, it actually will hurt how you see God and how, not only how you see God, but how you interact with him and you really see yourself. And so I want to turn to 1 John chapter 4 as we begin our journey. And today what we really want to do is we want to talk about that first sin. So most times when original sin is taught, it's that Satan came into the garden as, you know, as a serpent in some way, he took this form and he's slithering in the trees and there he is, he sees Eve and he deceives Eve and he lies to her and he says, did God really say, which we're, we're actually going to unpack that dialogue as we move along in this. But here's what happens. Then everyone says, At Eve eats that, gives that fruit to, to Adam and then from that, the sin is, is transposed, or we're all a part of that, then her children and, and the children's children until the rescuing in, in Noah's day. And we, we, we kind of, we, we go from there. And really, it's preached as a failure gospel. What I mean by that, it's preached as humanity failed, to live up to what they were supposed to, and God came to rescue us, and rightly so. But what that did is it sets us up to think and believe that humanity were just failures. And that a lot of young people, when I read that, or when I talk to them about that, they'll say, well, I, I you know, Adam and Eve failed, so therefore I'm going to fail, so you know, why even do this? Why even try hard? Why try to live righteously? Why try to live holy? I'm just going to settle for being saved and it's, it's all over. And I want to I wanna take, for instance, I have a young daughter, seven months old, beautiful, beautiful daughter. Imagine if I went to that daughter and said, you're doomed to failure. You are always going to fail. You're not going to do well. You're, instead of telling her, no, you're vibrant, you're beautiful, you're made by God, your mother and I love her, you, your, the, your brothers and sisters love you, 
We all care about you. The best is yet to come. Through the mercy of God, through the grace of God, you'll be able to overcome. You know, as we look at this, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says what? You have not been born again. You have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abide in you. Because, why? And in, uh, Peter quotes, all flesh is grass, and its glory, the glory of man is that the flower of the field or grass, the grass withers, the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is talking about us being rescued by the word of the Lord, which is absolutely extraordinary. But what happens, I believe we look at the garden as a place of a failure of humanity, as if we failed. We couldn't live up to what God wanted. We were always going to fail versus another way, which I want to talk to you about in a minute, and which I believe is the right view to look at this. And we look at it by when we see the first sin that happened and then the, what happens after that. So let me get back to my daughter. Imagine if I told my daughter, she's looking at me, she looks in my eyes, she's staring at me, she just trusts me, she cares for me, she knows I'm going to protect and provide and I just look at her and say, oh, sweetheart, you were made to fail. I know that you're going to fail. I always knew you were going to fail. It's all about how you're going to fail. It's, I would never say that. You would never say that to a child because that would be devastating to them. Now, let me switch that around. What if my seven-month-old daughter is, is she's in our home? And a snake, a cobra, in Raleigh, we just had a zebra cobra, which spits venom loose in our streets. I know that seems bizarre. Someone has an exotic uh, pet zoo, I guess, or something in their basement. And this cobra, imagine if that came into my house and it slithered up to my daughter. As a father, would I just sit there and go, you know what, you're just going to you know, you're totally going to fail. I knew you'd fail to begin with. You're not there to protect yourself. I, I would, as a father, I'm going to do whatever I can to protect my daughter, and I'm going to try to speak life. And if she's bitten, I'm going to do whatever I can to get the anti-venom. I'm going to come and make a way. I'm going to come and, and provide a solution. And we need to look at this as not humanity failed in the garden. Instead, the devil hates God and is attacking people because he's going against the plan of God. So let's look at 1 John chapter 4. four. Hopefully you have your Bibles. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to read 1 through 12. 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are from God. Because, why? Many false prophets have gone into the world. Interesting statement. But by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ had come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. And you're going to, we're going to come back to that phrase a lot. Which you have heard is coming and now already is in the world. You are, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 
These are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So why did I just um, read that verse? It's important to understand as we're going through this that Satan committed the first sin. But the why did he commit the first sin, we actually see it here. We, we understand it here. We, we grasp a little bit more of an understanding. It, he, why he committed the first sin. And so we're going to get to what was that first sin in a minute. It's right here. What does it say? By this, you, it's, number of, verse one is don't believe every spirit. So number one, you're not supposed to believe every spirit, uh, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. So there, you have to understand this, the teachings that are going forth at that time, the prophecies going forth, the, the apostolic word going forth. There's things that you have to test. We all have to do this every day. And by this, here's the thing. Here's how you know it's of the Spirit of God. Here's how you know of a person is of the Spirit of God. Just because they have a million followers on Instagram doesn't mean anything. Here's how we know that they are of the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Even the people that you don't necessarily like. Uh, maybe you are with one political affiliation versus another affiliation. Here is every spirit, every person, every believer that says Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God and this is the spirit of the antichrist which was heard is coming from the beginning so let me explain this the first sin happened in heaven the first sin happened with Satan but we have to know why. What happened is he saw God's plan for humanity. He saw God's kingdom purpose, his kingdom plan. And we're going to get to this in a moment in Isaiah 14. We're actually going to go through this. He saw God's kingdom plan. And as he saw this plan, what did he do? He actually then began, he, he, he just said to himself, I don't want to follow this plan. And this, the beginning of this, as we get into Isaiah 14, I want you to understand it's twofold what Satan was rebelling against. First, he's rebelling against God. He's rebelling against God's plan. He's rebelling against what God wants to do. And then he's rebelling against his son, Jesus. And so those are the two areas where he says, now, I'm not going to follow God. And, I'm def and part of God's plan is Jesus. And so he's like, I'm definitely not following Jesus. And then we know the spirit is the spirit of the living God. And so here we are. We've got the father has a plan. Satan sees that plan, rejects that plan. And part of that plan is hating Jesus. Too. And it's, it's the Antichrist. It's that, and that's where the spirit comes forth. So the Antichrist spirit really is against God the father. And so you're against God the Father, of which his Son is the only way for redemption. It's the only way for man to come to the Father, not through Allah, not through uh, Buddhism, not through anything outside of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So let's, before we get into this, 
before we go deeper in this aspect, let's look at Isaiah 14. What, what was Satan thinking in his heart? And that's where we're just going to take a, a little bit more time to unpack this. And so let's look at Isaiah 14, verse 12. How you have fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. You have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. We're going to get back to that. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. And in verse 15 says, actually, no, you won't. You're actually going to be brought down to Sheol. Isaiah's prophesying this. Okay, Isaiah's just sitting back and listening to a conversation between the Godhead. He's peering into heaven. In, in all your scrolling, in all your doing, in all everything you're doing, you must look to heaven, look to the Lord, and search for him in all his ways. And so, and be able to get your eyes on heaven's perspective. That's what Isaiah did in his time. Isaiah, he wasn't distracted by things around him. He had an, his eyes on what the Father was saying and what the Spirit was saying and what Jesus was saying. And so he was able to look into this. He was able to step outside of time and watch what the Lord was saying, what the Lord was doing. So he gets this, the curtain is pulled back and he gets to see what's going on. Remember, Israel is facing Assyria, Babylon, you know, the Persians, Greece, Rome. They're, they're facing these major devastations throughout the years. But you have to understand, a lot of times we, we like to criminalize or we look at someone else and say, those Babylonians or those people over there are wicked. Instead of saying the sin that is manifest from Satan is actually what the issue is. And so let's look at what Satan did. You know, my biggest problem is the devil hates me and I and wants to destroy me. And I need to understand that perspective. In Isaiah's time, Isaiah was like, hey, Syria, Babylon, all these armies are going to come against you throughout the years, Israel. But you've got to understand the greatest issue is Satan hates you, Israel. So here, Satan says this in verse 13. He's in verse 12, you're, he's coming to do what? He's fallen out of heaven. He's son of the morning, which we're actually going to get into that in the second session. You cut down to the ground. He tried to weaken the nations. He is weakening the, the nations. Psalm 2, you have to understand that. He, he, this is what he said in his heart. So here's what happens. Number one, he's in heaven staring at God's glory, and we'll get more into the second session of his the makeup of, of, of Lucifer. He's in heaven, and what does he do? He sees the plan of God unfolding, and his job is to see the plan and declare it as a worship leader, as a promoter, as a messenger, as a, in our day, as an influencer. His job is to stand close to the Lord and really relate what's going on as he sees it. And what he says here is, 
in, in his heart, he sees the plan of God and says, I don't want to follow that. I don't want to do that. I'm anti-God. I'm going to use simple phrases. And, he's, and I'm anti his son, so anti-Christ. And then he says this, number one, I'll ascend into heaven. He's saying, I'm going to go and get that spot that's God the Father's. I'm going to exalt my throne above the, above the stars of God. I'm going to go and take that position that's not mine. I'm going to take God's throne. How crazy is that thought? I will sit on the mount of the congregation. He'll take earthly positions of authority from the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. So in he, in this, the first sin is, it's, it's, it's Satan saying, I don't want to follow God. And he actually aborts the dream that God has for it. That's right for him. That's right. He murders the dream that God has for him. So let me reiterate this. What does he do after that? <laughs> He's going to fall down. You're going to go down to Sheol. But we know this in... What happens is Satan falls. Jesus says, I see him fall like lightning. We're going to actually go into that at another phrase. I want to just reiterate everything that we learned today and just as we're ending here. And hopefully in the next session, we're actually going to talk about Satan's original job, what he was supposed to do, and what was happening when he walked away. We're going to, we're going to go through Ezekiel 28. So we have, number one, Satan is anti the father. He's against the father and he's against the son. So he's against God's plan. And as he's against God's plan, he then, instead of saying, I'm going to follow the father, he says, no, I'm going to ascend. I'm going to build my throne. I'm going to be against God. In essence, he's going to take God's place. And then from doing that, he comes to earth and he tries to heinously destroy us, destroy humanity, because that's part of God's plan. He sees God's plan for humanity to be sons and daughters with God in heaven forever. And he says, no, I want that position. I'm going to try and take that on myself. And so he begins to attack God, and he begins to attack God's creation. And so that first sin is Satan in heaven murdering, lying. He aborts God's dream. He says no to God's plan for him. He puts the tr the lies that he wants to believe in his heart. And that's why Jesus says, and, and he says he's father of lies, because he's put those as seed. We're going to talk about God's truth in your heart versus lies at another point. And as he went through that, he said, I'm anti-God, I'm anti-Christ, and he came to the earth to attack humanity. So, in essence, I want to reiterate, a lot of times we think original sin is Adam and Eve failing in the garden. We have to understand that in the garden, Adam and Eve were heinously attacked, viciously, by a deceiving, lying serpent. And as a result, God lovingly came to rescue us. All right, the best is yet to come.